Hey friends, if you are listening to this podcast with kids in the room or the car, I just want to give you a heads up that this one is geared more toward adults, and so you might want to listen to it before you listen with your kids. Hey y'all, you're listening to the Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. To learn more about today's reading or to read along with us, check out jointhejourney.com. Thanks for joining. I am back in the podcast studio with Mr. J.D. Rogers. What's up? And we are in Mark 5. Yep. Your favorite passage. (laughs) One of them. It's one of my favorites. I think last time I was on, I might have said it was my favorite. My heart wraps around a lot of different passages, but for sure, out of the four Gospels, Mark 5. The Bleeding Woman. (laughs) The bleeding woman. That is part of Mark 5. And this the part we're going to like really zero in on today. And you're probably wondering why is a man excited to talk about this? And you'll see why. And, and it's God's word though. Exactly. All scripture is applicable to all people. But in Mark 5, I mean, we can just jump right yeah, in. Yeah, let's jump in. Sweet. I mean, fun facts, all that. Who cares? Yeah, they already got to know you. Come yeah, to the porch exactly. and get to know JD more. Point is, you read Mark 5 today, I hope. And there's Something really cool, I just want to start off by kind of giving some context or what kind of makes this passage unique. It's actually called, if you're a deep theologian and not myself (laughs) anyway, but um, I learned this actually when when we taught this at the porch. Um, It's called a pericope, which is just kind of like where theologians would acknowledge something really unique to a specific passage of scripture. A section. Yeah, a section. And so Mark 5, Jesus, he shows us in this passage alone, his authority over demons over death and over disease, all in these different encounters. And we could go deep and do a deep dive on all three. Uh, But I want to specifically talk about the woman with the 12 years of bleeding. I really just really resonate with this woman's story. And the reason why is in even all three of these people, the demon-possessed man, the woman with the bleeding, and the man whose daughter was dying— All three of them, these people are so desperate. And when I read this, I kind of have given a title to this passage. It's Desperation to Restoration. All three of these people found themselves in a really desperate place. And I think this is why it's so applicable. And it's such a good reminder for us today. I want, if you're listening right now, I want you just to think about, honestly, ask yourself and evaluate, when's the last time I truly felt desperate? Because when I think about American culture, when I think about Western civilization, when I think about all the things, you know, that we have kind of at the tip of our fingers, it's really hard to get to a place of being desperately in need of Jesus. And all three of these people, they had nowhere else to look. They were all three things outside of their ability to have control over. I mean, literally demons, disease, and death. And so when I talk about desperate, I mean, this woman did what oftentimes a lot of us do. She was sick. And the first thing she did was she tried to fix it herself. She tried to fix it through her own means. And then when that didn't work, her means of what the world would give her. And so what we see here is, you know, 12 years of suffering. Um, She went to physicians. She spent all of her money. And she actually, none of it made it any better. It only grew worse. And she tried everything. Tried everything. Or so she thought. She found herself at the end of herself which we've all been there. And it's maybe it's 12 years of a porn addiction. Maybe it's 12 years of um, held on bitterness and unforgiveness. Maybe it's 12 years insecurity, comparison, idol worship. Maybe it's 12 years of feeling frustrated with God because of your mom dying 12 years ago of cancer. Like 
whatever it is, we have this thing and you've tried to turn to everything the world has to offer to restore you, to satisfy you. And yet it hasn't gotten better. It's only gotten worse. Like, I think we've all been there. Maybe a lot of you, that's your story right before you came to actually trust Jesus. And so that's where she's at in life at this point. And it says, she heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. And I love this line. She said, for she said, if I touch even his garments, I will be made well. And I just want you to think about the faith that she had to possess in this moment. And oftentimes failure and fear and all those things, they are an opportunity to respond with faith because everything was failing. She was, it was fleeting. Everything just kept hitting dead ends. And instead of just sitting in her home and saying, you know what, I guess this is the way it's going to be. I'm going to just suffer for the rest of my life. She got up and I actually, if I remember correctly, if you look at the distance of how she had to travel on foot to get to that moment where Jesus was, because he crossed the sea when you do all the geographical, like all the things that it gives you, she actually walked for a very long time to get to this moment. And she wasn't even promised that she would see him. No promise that she was women at this time, the way they were treated. Unlikely. Especially a woman sick like this. Yeah. Like she wasn't allowed to be, she was unclean. And so what faith, she got to such a point where she's like, I'd rather honestly like get sent, I like, get punished, exiled. be exiled, be like stoned, whatever it takes. If it means on the other side, there could be restoration. And for you right now, I just want to say that might be where God's trying to lead you, where you just, you would rather abandon everything. You've tried to climb the ladder of success. You try to do all the right parenting things, or you try to do all the right things to please your parents. You try to do all the right things to get in the right school and you just can't pass the test or whatever it might be that you're just striving and striving and striving and it's not getting better. It's only getting worse. God's sovereign hand is in that. And it's because he wants you to look to him to come to him, to see that he is the source of your every need. And that's where she was at. It's such courageous faith that really inspires me. So even if you are a believer and you're going through this this situation that feels hopeless, Mm -hmm. we can still know, hey, God's in it. And she, this woman had to persevere to travel all that way to get to Jesus, to um, grow her character in that people around her probably were unkind. That's not in the text, but culturally we'd know she'd be looked down upon. It says something about who she thought Jesus was, that he'd be worth going to despite the cost to herself. And then that she would just grasp the edge of his garment and that that would be enough. What hope she must have had in Christ. Exactly. So good. And I'm so excited to keep moving, but it says Jesus, I'm just going to kind of paraphrase. It said he felt this power leave him which is such a cool like imagery. Like, like what must he, that be like? Yeah, he felt it leave him and he turns around and he says, who touched me? And all the disciples are looking at him like they often did, like he was crazy. And they're like, everyone's touching you, bro. Like, what do you mean? And they're yeah. like, he's like, no, no, no. I want to know who touched me because it was a different kind of touch. It was a touch led by faith and it resulted in healing. And I want to know, I want to see the person. And I think a lot of times they we think Jesus is like a transactional thing where he's like, let me just give you what you want and just to shut you up and yeah. I'll keep moving on with my thing and keep being God. And he's like, no, 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 it, I don't want to just heal you. I want to know you. Like, I really want to know you. 
And he wants to show her something. He wants to reward that faith in front of everyone. Mm-hmm. He wants to see like, the lowliest person he wants to exalt, which is also in the in scripture. And so in this moment, imagine her, Jesus says, who touched me? And she kind of wanted to just like sneak in, get her, get the thing, get the healing and leave, you know? And all of a sudden she's like, oh my gosh, what do I do? She's the introvert. who uh-huh. you know, And she's like laying there and she's like, I don't have to say anything. He's like, who is it? She's like, raises her hand. She's like, it was me. And the whole crowd has a picture. I'm like, looking. They're like, <gasps> you know, they're all like seeing her. And even people who might have known her reputation, like, can you believe that she did that? What's he going to do to her? And then he gets down on her level and he tells her that she's healed and that her faith made her well. Side tangent, I just thought of really quick. Dallas culture is so busy. This is so random, but just stay with yeah. me. So busy. So busy at times that people are just a part of our like everyday schedule. So oftentimes our ministry, like I'm not talking about being in full-time vocation ministry. I'm talking about you. Life. Like you meet someone who needs you. They, they reach out for a lunch. You're like, yeah, let me squeeze you in and let me like, just like give you what you need to hear. Like, hey, here's how I fix your problem. And then we go back to work or yeah, come over, but let me put the kids down and like just stay for an hour and I have to get back to my Netflix. And like everything is so busy and so quick. And Jesus, like the most wanted man at this time, a, a, a leader, a, a really important person said, can you come to my home and heal my daughter? That's pretty urgent. Yeah. And even he was interruptible and approachable and available and stopped. And he turned around and he ministered to this woman face to face. What does that look like in your life? I, I think what, I, yeah, what's, what I'm trying to get at is it's so important to carve out time in your ministry, not just to quote unquote heal people as if you had that power to anyways, you don't. That's another tangent, but like you don't. But what people need is you to look them in the eye and to feel heard, seen, valued, and affirmed by you and then reminded of truth. And that cannot be done quickly. It just can't. Like a lot of people say, how is love spelled? T-I-M-E. Like if, if my wife, if I just fit her in, in my schedule, she is not going to feel loved by me. She wants me to sit down on her level, look her in the eyes, affirm her, remind her, talk to her, ask her questions, and it'd be quality time. Enjoy her company. Exactly. And that's what Jesus does with this woman. I love how interruptible he was. And he like made time in his ministry, in his day-to-day, in that moment of going, going, going. And so to wrap it up, the craziest part of this story that I really love is that it points to the gospel because that's what happened in this woman's life. She touched him and she was unclean. And now technically he became unclean and she was made well. It's the great exchange. She was healed. He was technically unclean now. That's what the gospel is, is that Jesus bore our sin, that he took all the uncleanliness, our 12 years of disease, whatever that is for you, on the cross so you could be made righteous. And so for me, this isn't just some weird passage about a woman with blood. It's the reminder of what Jesus has done for me every day in my 12 years of desperation when I cried out to him. When I sought the Lord, he answered me and he delivered me from my affliction. And so I can keep going, but that's it. Hey, when we actually look at God's word and we examine the context and we seek to understand, he has something for us. Like Mm -hmm. you just modeled excellent Bible study method, this pericope, this section of scripture that's one coherent idea. And I loved 
really your your main point that failure and fear are an opportunity to respond in faith. What have I run to in place of Jesus? And how can you posture yourself to go, Lord, I need you. Like you're the only one who can heal this disease, which is our sin. So So strong. It's all we've got time for, but I am so glad we are all on this journey together. Thanks for listening. Did you know you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? Leaving a review helps others more easily find the podcast and read along with us. So we'd love your help.